Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And today we're going to be talking about the Kansas State football open practice that was held on August 7th, 2021, also known as the day we are recording this. And let, let's just do the opening notes of what exactly the practice was. Firstly, hot as hell. It was really, really, really hot. It was. It, luckily, it was only like 45 minutes, so it wasn't like long enough to like roast alive like you would like an actual football game, but it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it, it was it was not good. Connor and I were both kind of kind of sitting there like it's kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, it ended at about the perfect time though because we uh we were Moved. yeah we were getting up and moving and it ended within like two A minutes minute. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was it ended within two minutes of that happening so yeah and what the practice consisted of was periods of team offense and defense seven on seven line work and finally it ended off on special teams work and Connor and I kind of took a system where we were both watching each team I took the second team offense and I believe second team defense on the is that the north that was the south side the south side of the field as well as taking line work Connor took the first team and the seven on seven drills and we didn't pay much attention to special teams because none of us are special teams guys I only wrote one thing about special teams there's that Ty Zentner was getting all the punting reps and that was it I saw someone tweet that Knowles Deuce and Brooks were getting the punt return duties but I think we all knew that already yeah so that those aren't those aren't things that we really need to excessively go into. Right. So let let's just go ahead and before we go into the hyper specific notes that both of us took or things that in my case I guess just things I remember because I'm actually a peanut brain chimp and forgot to bring a notebook. But <laughs> <laughs> then we'll go into how we feel about the practice and then any surprise players we had. As well as the two people that were chosen to speak towards the end of practice alongside Coach Kleiman. So let, let's just start off with, with some key takeaways here. And we'll elaborate on all of them that are actually worth elaborating on. But the first thing to say is that just about everything that we saw was generally pretty worthy of optimism. Yeah, I felt pretty good about most of what we saw. Um, I think... Um... Just our general overview practice flowed really well, and uh, just everybody was present. Uh, there wasn't like any extra like chippiness or anything like yeah. going on like at the practice. Like it was just a well-run practice. It was a really efficient practice, and uh, it seemed like everybody was going where they needed to be. And just and in that sense, it was it was well run, and uh, everybody for the most part looked pretty good. Yeah, and. Something worth noting, and it might just be because I've never seen a Division One practice for any long period of time, the The tempo that the practice ran was actually very good. So I feel like this might be one of those situations where the practice itself is the conditioning just because of how fast they tend to go. Which, be yeah, I like, I like that yeah. idea because having uh, competed in sports before, conditioning just sucks <laughs> so much. Is by far the worst part of sports. Get on the line. We're running gassers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Freshman year away. It's just uh, <laughs> like get on the line. It was never ending. It, it in that moment, like I felt like I was living ten hours in like five minutes. 
everything was going backwards. You were just going back in time and running the same gasser over and over again. It was punishment for something, I guess. I <laughs> never know what. You never know what any coach is upset about that day. They, they will not tell you, but other than they will be visibly and verbally mad. They just won't explain it. They won't explain it to you. Unless you're in a rare case where some guy on the team says something ridiculously stupid. And you already know. Which which reminds me, I have a story to tell you after this. Okay. But other than being generally optimistic, let's let's move on to just general notes about, about the offense. And something that I noticed, again, I mostly looked at the twos, but uh, from what you said, the offense looked like it was clicking a lot better than it was last year, and in a lot of ways it wasn't last year. Yeah, I thought that the offense looked really smooth. Uh, everybody's assignments were clear um the only miscommunications or anything that i ever saw were maybe some on the offensive line but those were pretty few and far between uh the receivers were running good routes uh uh, skyler and will they were running with the ones uh uh, they knew what they were doing and uh all the running backs looked really good the receivers looked good tight ends looked good uh and everybody everything was just moving it just kept going it kept going there was never really any sense of miscommunication. Like I didn't see any fault starts, uh, anything like that. It, 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 they just clicked, like you said. Like, that's the best way to put it. And there wasn't, and the f- lack of false starts wasn't for lack of trying, because there actually were a few hard counts yeah, on both sides. Yeah, uh, there, there were several hard counts actually, and uh, nobody was jumping on the defensive side either, for the most part, at least from what I could tell. Yeah, which disciplined football, I think, is something that we need to just get back to the basics of. Yeah, that's something that has kind of been missing from a. Uh, Climate's tenure so far is we have been penalized a lot more than we were uh, during Snyder's time. But maybe that's just re-emphasizing different things. Yeah. And what I noticed a lot is that the defense was going to be the big question going into this year. And while I didn't necessarily leave any of the defensive periods feeling overly confident, I can say that I don't believe that the defense will be a liability, at least from what I've seen. That's how I felt. Uh, as well, because the defense, like, like obviously the big question mark is linebacker, mm-hmm. and uh, you put it best at the end of the practice. It was that you didn't notice them, and that's good because <laughs> if they're if they're the big question mark going into the season and at the open practice where they're running for forty five minutes, uh, we didn't notice them uh, clearly and visibly like screw up coverage or just do something really bad. <laughs> then that means they weren't doing anything bad. They may have not been doing anything outstanding, but they were not actively harming the defense, at least from what I could tell. Yeah, and that wasn't for entire lack of trying, because I did notice that there were a number of concepts that were run over the middle of the field. Yeah, they, they ran a lot of over-the-middle concepts. Uh, they were definitely testing the linebackers, from what I could see. And But most of the plays that were going on over the middle were not bad linebacker plays it was good offense yeah like Skyler had some really good throws over the middle will had some very good throws over the middle yeah and there wasn't a referee to get in the way this time like in the texas game yeah now that there's no refs on the field will howard just all of a sudden's accuracy has just gone so much better <laughs> suddenly joe burrow suddenly he's joe burrow <laughs> but it just about everyone on the team before we go into specific notes about each player that we saw or things that we saw it, just about everyone on the team that practice, which excluded Julius Brents, who was suited up but didn't practice, which I'm not concerned about. I just wanted to see him play. Yeah, I was really excited to see Julius, but I'm assuming he they just had like a minor nagging injury and they just figured he's good enough that it's just not worth trying to have him bite through. 
Either that or just, like, he, I don't know, maybe sprain his ankle or something. Like, something that'll be fine come regular season, but they just want to be careful for uh, about a week, maybe. But, I don't know, he seemed fine, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. Yeah. And I think probably the the best portion that I saw during the entire day was by far the offensive line. Oh, yeah. The offensive line looked really good, especially the interior. That was uh, one of the uh, the notes I took. I it, All it was was interior offensive line is nails. They looked outstanding, I thought. Uh, Revis, uh, nobody was beating him. That, that was the best I've ever seen him, by far. Because there have been points in his career where he struggled. Uh, he's had some better points, but this is the most consistent that I'd ever seen him. He just... He looks so good. And I think we already knew that the interior offensive line was going to be the strength of the line. Tackles were the question. But he, uh, they were way better than I thought that they were going to be. And uh, while he's not playing interior offensive line right now, uh, Cooper Beebe, he's playing out at tackle. He was really good as well. Which yeah. we, we already knew that. But it, it's worth reiterating that Cooper Beebe at tackle is... He's so... So good, especially because I was watching the the line work period. BB was just <laughs> you you weren't beating him. You can try, you're not beating him. Yep, that's one of the notes I had down was uh, uh, Revis and BB did not get beat a single time in the pass rush drills. Or like in in a, in case they did get beat and I just didn't see it, they didn't get beat badly enough to where it was like, oh, well, that's a bad rep. No, if, if they ever were getting beat, it would be because of just an outstanding defensive rep. Which, yeah. in-game, like, there's not going to be much you can do about that anyhow. Mm-hmm. But from what we saw, they did not get beaten in the pass rush drills that they had after the uh, uh, starters for starters. Yeah. And just one player that we couldn't fit into the surprise section, but we have to point out how good he was. Imator Bebe is as advertised. He's really good. Yeah, a monster baby was really good. Uh, the first play that we saw was a, a really good play. Uh, some um, pass rush got to Skyler, and he stepped up in the pocket, which was really nice to see. Yeah, that was clearly an emphasis in the offseason. He stepped up and threw uh, what was a I think it was a corner corner yeah, it was post. A post corner. Yeah, it was a corner post to uh, Amater Bebe, and it was a great throw. And Amater Bebe had a great catch. He looks really fast. Uh, really athletic, especially for a tight end. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a problem this year. Yeah. Like, like he might have a better year than Bradley Moore did, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think that's an unfair take. I think that's probably... I don't think that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. And I think the entire receiving core, and this includes tight ends, will be a massive upgrade yep. from last and year. And granted, receivers, it's you can't really get much you worse. Can't get worse. <laughs> but, but tight ends weren't bad last year at all. But I do think that they'll improve because uh, they they still have uh, Wheeler, Swanson, and Fox are encouraging in the young core. Uh, then they have Lenners in there for blocking and uh, the occasional routes. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about the tight ends and the receivers. I'm feeling better. I don't feel unbelievable. Right. I, I'm not over the moon about the receivers, but. St- I, f- I don't feel as bad as I did even 24 hours ago. Yeah. So now we're going to move into the, the more specific notes that we took. We'll go over your notes first, and I'll jump in with just observations I had. So pretty much how I took notes, I just watched plays, and if they were good, I wrote them down, or if they were specifically really bad, I wrote them down, but there weren't really any 
particularly bad plays. I already mentioned the first thing I wrote. Uh, one of the uh, other things I um, wrote down that was a recurring theme was uh, that Will Howard, uh, he looks uh, noticeably quicker. Uh, he uh, looks more agile in open space, and he looked faster getting out of the pocket, and his footwork was better as well. And that was really encouraging because uh, it's no secret that his footwork in the pocket wasn't necessarily the best. And uh, while he was running effectively, he had good vision, he wasn't fast and he wasn't overly agile. But it's clear that they uh, really worked with him in the strength and conditioning program in the offseason, and he's taken a big step. Um, he also uh, looked really agile on bootlegs. They, were, they did that a lot last year, but they did a lot of play-action bootleg today. Uh, he had a nice uh, throw on a bootleg to Sammy Wheeler on a comeback route, and he did, uh, and he had another bootleg this time on a, uh, a like a crossing route over the middle to Amater Bebe, and Amater Bebe caught it and immediately cut up field, and he he looked really fast and yeah. really agile. I I mean he he could be really good for for K State this year. Yeah, especially vertically. Because that was a big part of our offense that we didn't really have last year. Right. We were typically good or decent horizontally working the field. But the moment that you asked us to work vertically, you had pretty much a 90-10 chance that it was not going to work yeah. at all. Because, like, I mean, Knowles was a solid deep threat, but he wasn't really ever healthy. And then uh, the only other guy you have beyond him is like brooks i guess yeah but, but he's in the slot yeah, so he's he in the slot stop. so he's not exactly running like a lot of uh like uh stop and go so no. <laughs> so uh but uh, other things that stood out to me uh jacardier right he looked uh really good he definitely uh shed some weight and gained some muscle and also he was faster and more agile than i thought he was going to be i, I still thought he might be a little bit slower but he he looked pretty athletic uh, out of the backfield uh, and running the ball. And he was uh, making some people miss here and there. Granted, it was uh, only shoulder pads, so they may have not been going as hard. Yeah. But nevertheless, he uh, he was uh, he was doing some moves. He isn't as agile, obviously, as like Deuce or Joe Irvin or anything like that. But he he looks more comfortable. He looks a, bit, a little bit more shifty. So the raving about him from the coaching staff, they, there may have been something to that. Yeah. Um, some other stuff that I noticed, uh, Skyler... Uh, he um, looked better in the pocket, and he also uh, looks as fast and agile as he was before his injury. Uh, he had a couple of read options that he looked pretty well on. Um, some other things, uh, uh, Skyler hooked up with uh, Keenan Garber once. It was a really good timing route on a curl, and Garber looks really fast. Like really, really, really fast. Yeah, he's... He's that kind of burner that we've been looking for on the outside. And he actually did play the majority of snaps on the outside, at least from what I saw. Yeah, I think he almost he nearly exclusively was playing on the outside from what I could tell. And I really like that. He, and I also like that they weren't just giving him go routes or like jet sweeps or anything. This was a timing curl route, and it was a well-placed ball, but a hard-thrown ball, so not an easy catch. No. And he took that, and he and he accelerated quickly and was fast and was agile. Yeah. So he had, he had all, everything that you want from a speedster there. And he has decent size for a speedster. He's like six foot, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you listen to Scott, he said he really wants to see him lined up against one of those height boards to verify. But we'll say he's six foot. Yeah, we'll say, yeah he's six foot for now, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, some other things uh, that stood out uh, to uh, talk about a defensive uh, thing. There was a jet sweep to Deuce Vaughn that... Uh, Number 91, Felix uh, Anudike, he's a retro freshman defensive end. He covered that really well. It was impressive to see 
a, a defensive lineman be able to wrap up Deuce in the backfield when it was a fairly open space. Uh, like, it was pretty much just Felix versus Deuce there, but Felix just uh, swallowed him up. And, I mean, we've been hearing uh, crazy things about uh, Felix and UDK throughout this offseason, and uh, he, he could be making impact uh, sooner rather than later, I expect. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, uh, and this was a, a really big play because uh, I thought it was going to be a great offensive play, but then it turned into a great defensive play. It was a, uh, a Will Howard to Malik Knowles uh, um, deep go route, and it was a pretty good throw by Howard, and Knowles had a pretty solid catch, but there was just unbelievable defense from Amaris Brown. He just had a great pass break up there. Like, he just got exactly where he needed to be, and he just made a great play. And I know that it, it hurts to see that was Knowles, but that honestly was not really on Malik Knowles. No, that there, was just a ridiculously yeah, good play. Like, like there's, yeah, yeah, when the defense is that good, there's just not going to be a lot that you can do. Uh, let's see what else I have. Uh, oh, a guy that uh, stood out to us uh, that uh, we didn't really expect going into it, but uh, we came out uh, knowing his name or, or having it uh, present in our heads a little bit more is uh, DJ Giddens. Yeah, running back. Yeah, he's a he was a very 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 late addition to the uh, uh, 2021 class uh, that just came. He's a running back, number 31, and he uh, had a good combo of power and vision. He might be a little ways away from getting significant playing time. We're not sure on that yet, but he's not he's not surpassing Deuce, no. obviously. He's not he's not challenging. I don't think he's challenging for one or two, but he very easily could challenge for number three reps. From what I saw, yeah. I think he's fighting with uh, Clyde Price and Joe Irvin for that yeah. third spot. Yeah, Clyde, Will he win? Yeah. No. But he looks very good yeah. for where he's at. That's another thing. Is that Clyde Price, uh, he uh, um, didn't look too bad either. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that we haven't not really heard much from ever since he got to K-State. They tried him at linebacker, and they ended up moving him back to running back. But he uh, he looks pretty good. He had a, uh, he had a great dead leg at mm-hmm. uh, one point. <laughs> Uh, I didn't see it. A saw it. But. It was kind of gross, honestly. Like, it, <laughs> because I I really expected it to be one of those moments to where you're in practice, you just kind of like take the slap to the stomach that you're inevitably going to get. But no, he just decided he didn't want to get hit that hard and then dead-legged out of what would have been a pretty decent kerschmack. <laughs> yeah, so Clyde Price, he uh, made some solid plays. Uh, maybe he's a guy that... Uh, um, might finally see the field a little bit more at the running back position. Uh, maybe get a snap or two a game. Uh, maybe especially early in the season to see what he can do. Uh, I would be fine with that. Like I, I just like seeing more guys on the field yeah. personally. So I like Lyman's substitution scheme in that regard. Um, let's see what else I have. Oh, uh, number 33, uh, Xavier Lloyd. Uh, true freshman walk-on receiver, I believe from Blue Springs. He had an unbelievable catch. It was a uh, ace saw this, but he described it. As, well, actually, you just described it. Okay, so I think it was. I didn't even see who the quarterback was in. That's that's how insane this catch was. It was. It would have been either Rubley or. Jared it would have been Ru- It would have been Rubley or uh, Lewis. Yeah. I think it might have been Rubley, but don't quote me on that. But it was a ridiculous catch on an out route to where he had a guy basically on his back, and it wasn't the greatest throw in the world, but he just decided he was going to lay out, make a catch outside of his frame, all hands while diving with a guy pretty close to his back. That was a ridiculously good catch on a ball that was just kind of mediocre, mediocrely thrown because it was low. And the fact that he was able to make that catch outside of his frame, 
above his head, basically exclusively with his hands while going down. That's something that I haven't seen a whole lot of from K-State receivers, especially recently. Yeah, yeah Malik Knowles was probably the only guy even capable uh, that's shown any capability of making a play like that in recent years. And even then, he more often than not wasn't coming down with the ball. I mean, he had that incredible catch against Arkansas State. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was a response to another ESPN top 10 catch, though. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, Xavier Lloyd, true freshman walk-on from, I believe, Blue Springs. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, he might be an in to keep your eye on, uh, especially if uh, receivers start going down again or if uh, 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 just guys aren't performing as well. Uh, he may see the field a little bit because he's looked pretty good. Uh, then I have a few uh, Skyler notes here. Uh, he threw a screen pass to Philip Brooks, and Brooks had a great spin move. I don't remember on who it was, but uh, Brooks had a great play there. And then uh, Skyler had a perfect throw um, under pressure. Uh, Khalid Duke and somebody, the other defensive end, I didn't catch who it was. Uh, uh, it was an absolutely perfect throw uh, un- under pressure. Been. I think it might have been NUDK. It, it was either NUDK or Boom Massey. It was one of those two guys, I would imagine. So it would be 20 or 91. Uh, they're um, 90 or 91. Oh, 90 or 91? Yeah, Boom's Boom's 90. Okay. But um, it was a perfect throw, and then uh, it was unfortunately dropped by uh, uh, it was a walk-on of some fashion. Then um, I have some uh, some more stuff here. Uh, Khalid Duke, uh, he got a tackle for loss on Deuce at one point, so... Uh, it's nice seeing uh, NUDK and Duke as athletic defensive ends that are able to wrap up Deuce in the backfield. Uh, I don't think that says anything about Deuce. I think that says more about... About Duke yeah, and NUDK. Yeah, Duke and NUDK. Uh, because there's going to be other athletic backs in the Big 12. So it's going to be nice to see our defensive linemen actually be able to keep up. Like that, that Bruce Lee guy or something yeah, from I, Iowa State. Yeah, Bruce Wayne or something like that. Like, Some guy from Iowa State. Yeah, uh, we're we're not really sure who he is. People seem to like him. We we don't know who he is. Um, who? <laughs> who? <laughs> then uh, Skyler, he had a. I this was one of my favorite plays that Skyler made. Uh, there was a number fifteen uh, walk on receiver. His name is evading me right now. Hoover. Hoover. No, it wasn't Hoover. It wasn't Hoover. Hoover's twenty five. Um, Hang here, on. Let me. Uh, I I can look real quick. But uh, Skyler uh, threw this guy open. Uh, oh, I wrote down the wrong number for this. I totally forgot about it. So it's, it's not 15 because it's either Robert Hentz or Will Howard. So it's not one of those. I think it was probably actually number 12, Landry Weber, on this play. If I had to guess, I just wrote down the wrong number. But uh, Skyler, anywho, uh, threw uh, this person open. It was uh, I'm an in over the middle, uh, like a seven or eight yard in. And uh, he got out of one zone and was about to enter another. So Skyler threw a little behind him. And if he'd, thrown, if he'd led him on that play, it's probably an interception. Yeah. But he throws it behind him, and he knows that Weber's uh, athletic enough to be able to reach behind him and catch that ball. And instead of it being a turnover or a batted down pass, uh, turn into maybe a 12- or 13-yard gain, which was really encouraging to see uh, Skyler have that vision and uh, that um, and that placement. Yeah. There. That's encouraging to see. Um, I also had Joe Irvin. He was really good in the open field. Uh, I'm... Deuce, uh, they had him running uh, a lot of jet motion, uh, which I like to see. Uh, uh, they understand his, uh, his power over defenses. Yeah. Then um, also I have another thing. Will Howard, I, I underlined perfect. He had a perfect throw 
to number 80, I believe it's Ty Bowman. And it was an absolute blanket coverage. And it was just a, a perfect throw to, to Ty Bowman on that play. Uh, Ty Bowman's a walk-on. He was a tight end, but he, he's been moved to receiver. He's uh, from Chanute, a redshirt freshman. SEK represent. Yeah, yeah, Southeast Kansas represent uh, Ty Bowman. And then, uh, yeah, so Howard, he, he just looked really impressive today. Like, I, I can't say anything other than that. He's like, he, he blew me away for the most part today. He had, like, a couple of throws that weren't, like, as good. They, but he didn't really have any atrocious no. throws. And he's he's not going to get challenged for QB2. That's I don't think it's remotely yeah, close. Yeah, like, there's no, no way, no how that Jaron Lewis, Jake Rubley, Max Marsh, or anybody else, I don't know if they even have any other quarterbacks on the roster. None of those three guys are going to push for QB2 because Howard got starting experience last year and he looks like he took a big time step this offseason. Yeah. There's been rumors floating around about, about that, but I think today he Those rumors he, are dead. I he proved it. I think it's not it's not a rumor, I think it might be fact at this point. Yeah. Uh then uh let's see what else I have. Um Malik uh Knowles he had a a good catch in traffic at some point. Uh then I had Howard he had a, another perfect throw this time to uh Seth Porter. Uh and it was a it was a perfect throw but Echo Boydo had outstanding coverage it was just a little bit better than the throw and he was able to get in there and get his hand and and was able to break up the pass after uh porter got his hands on it so it's nice to see echo boydo still making some plays yep uh 26 on defense he had a good wrap up on the screen could we uh, aj moss aj moss yes uh that was a uh, one of our surprise players he's a walk-on uh, defensive back from arkansas and he uh you you saw that play so you you talk about it AJ Moss overall had a very solid practice, but the one play that I saw that stuck out to me was a screen pass to the field side. And normally on a wide receiver screen, you immediately try to go for the slot guy, which he was playing in the slot for this play. You try to immediately go for him to kind of create a tunnel for the receiver to run around. Uh, AJ Moss was having none of that and proceeded to push the blocker right back into the screenplay and then proceeded to get the tackle with the blocker. So <laughs> it was unbelievable, and it's even crazier when you take into account that he's a true freshman walk-on that's only five foot nine, and he was able to make that sort of impact. So a couple of uh, walk-ons, actually, no, yeah, just two walk-ons because we I think we've confirmed that Giddens is probably a scholarship player who knows <laughs> he might be we i i think he's a scholarship player but there's some sources that say maybe a walk-on i think he's scholarship though uh but aj moss and xavier lloyd two walk-ons uh to keep your eyes on maybe for potential playing time they looked really good uh today uh skyler he made some good reads uh he had a a wide open throw to uh 85 will swanson at some point, it was nice to see Will Swanson. There's there was rumblings about him last year, if I recall, about him looking good in practice, but we never really saw him just because he was buried in the tight end room because there was just a lot of talent in that room. Yeah. Um, Skyler had a uh, tight window throw to a uh, Clyde Price, uh, Cooper Beebe. I have this underlined. I have Cooper Beebe as a god, uh, so he must have <laughs> just been doing great things over in the past rest drills. He was. Yeah, and then uh, I have uh, Will Howard with another perfect throw. Uh, this one, I, like, I think we both audibly reacted yes. to it. Like, it was a pinpoint throw through double or triple coverage, maybe, to, um, gosh, number 83, uh, evading me. Uh, can we get a name check here? 
Uh, Will Swanson. Swanson. Oh, 85 is Cade Warner. That's my bad. Yeah. Uh, that was... Uh, where was that throw? Yeah, Skyler threw that to Cade Warner, number 85. But then the play that we're talking about here was Will Howard to Will Swanson. Uh, the, the, the will-to-will connection. The will-to-will uh, It was a just a perfect throw over the middle uh, through the defense. Howard, gosh, he just he looked really, really good today. Um, he only really had one read that wasn't great like he threw like a high pass to somebody that was it ended up being incomplete and was like hit the ground but uh he had a guy wide open uh that i think it was tyron howell was pretty much wide open there yeah uh but then uh they found him again later i think it was skyler got him uh well howell uh he something that we identified was he was really good at finding uh, soft spots in the defense and yeah. getting himself open and uh uh, so Howell, he's a guy that he should probably be contributing uh, early-ish, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Uh, especially if he uh, learns the, the playbook. Nate Matlick, uh, he had some good pass rush moves from what you observed. Yeah. So one thing that I'll say is I didn't know who he was going up against. It wasn't Cooper Beebe, but he didn't win the rep that I saw. But the moves that I saw him make, he has a very good idea of a, a punch-counter punch that he wants to set up. Because the rep that I'm thinking of, he was lined up against the right tackle on this case. I can go with someone in the 50s, but don't quote me on this. Who would have been playing right tackle in the 50s? Right tackle in the 50s. Uh, I don't know. Let's take a look at the roster. Um, the 50s. Wasn't Lean Gang. I think it might have actually been Lean Gang. It could have been because, uh, uh, I don't know, we've been hearing that he may be playing tackle as opposed to interior. Which makes sense because he does kind of have the size to, to do it. It definitely wasn't uh, Panzer Gillum. Here, scroll up a little. Yeah, I think it pretty much has to be... Uh, Lean Gang. Yeah, Lean Gang there. Well, maybe been Lean Gang, but what I noticed was he has this very, very good, uh, what a lot of people call an ice pick spin move, which the first move that he tries to do is he tries to take the outside by ripping through the outside shoulder of the right tackle. And if that doesn't work, he locks the arm of the tackle and tries to spin around him by getting lower than him. It didn't work, which was a very good rep by the right tackle to make sure that that didn't work all the way. But that's still a very, very good punch-counterpunch to see, especially from such a young player. Yeah, so um, Nate Matlick, uh, he also made a big play back in the uh, the spring practice. Uh, he had a, the lone interception of that entire practice. It was a, a, He was playing defensive end, and he dropped into coverage. <laughs> and uh, intercepted Will Howard, and uh, the whole defensive side of the field just went nuts. Absolutely, absolutely nuts. <laughs> so Nate Matlick making some encouraging progress. Uh, maybe somebody that you might see on the uh, two deep uh, early in the season. Maybe yeah, very well could be. Especially if that if he's doing it. it granted, if the only move ca- punch counter punch he has is the ice pick spin, I don't think that he's going to make the two deep. Even though that is a very good move, but. If he has maybe even one more move that he can go to in his repertoire that's not just speed, yeah. he has a very good chance of making the 2 deep and getting a lot of meaningful snaps. Yeah, because he is a freak athlete. Uh, I remember seeing, uh, I think it was a tweet by like Sharp Performance or was, uh, was somebody like that, some strength trainer in Kansas City. They um, had a video of him uh, doing a vertical jump test. And he's like 6'5", 250, had like a 40-inch vertical or something like yeah, that. Just casually. Just unbelievable athleticism <laughs> for a guy that big. Um, after that, I have Josh Rivas just mauling individuals. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> like, like, he's an absolute monster. Uh, Max Marsh, uh, he had a couple of good throws uh, later in this practice. Uh, he's a walk-on quarterback from Colorado. 
uh, probably won't be seeing the field very much, but he did look really athletic from the couple times I saw him. He scrambled and looked really fast. So maybe he's a guy that they try to get on the field in alternative ways uh, because he, he was athletic enough to where they, they could maybe find something for him to do in some capacity. Yeah. Um, then another thing I have uh, that was the Will Howard throw to Nick Lenners, uh that we were kind of unsure how to – qualify this if, if it was a drop or a pass yeah, breakup because i thought it was a drop you thought it was a pbu yeah i thought it was a pass breakup ace thought it was a drop we were both looking at it and sitting right next to each other so we had the <laughs> exact same view it looked like wayne jones may have gotten his hand in there it was probably a bit of both i'm assuming what happened was leonard's probably bobbled it a little bit and jones like bumped him and so i don't that's kind of up to you interpretation there yeah wayne jones made a maybe good play he, did, he didn't. He didn't make a bad play. Yeah, I mean, he didn't <laughs> so, get exposed. Yeah, I didn't do anything bad. Um, then uh, Jake Rubley, he threw a really good curl route to uh, number seventeen. I believe that's R.J. Garcia, and it was an even better catch by Garcia because he was sliding in, and it was like triple coverage. And Rubley just made a pinpoint throw and uh, hit R.J. Garcia uh, in a pretty good spot. And I was like, who is that? And I think Van Malone like, shouted, like, nice job, RJ. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it's RJ. Uh, it's RJ. Um, but, yeah, it was nice to see a true freshman, the true freshman uh, connection there. And I think those were both uh, early enrollees, if I'm not correct. I, I think I'm not, so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Then I have... Uh, I knew Rubley was. Uh, Rubley definitely was. One of the receivers. It was either Hawkins or Garcia. Uh, then uh, interior offensive line is nails. Uh, speaks for itself. The center and the guard positions just looked just so good. Like that, that may be the most solid position group on the team. Maybe secondary when the season gets going. Yeah. But interior offensive line is definitely the deepest, I would say. Because they're not just good, they're good, and the people behind them are almost as good. Yeah. Like, so I imagine that's an unbelievably competitive spot in practice, which is, I, I love that for the offensive line. Can never have too many good old linemen. That is 100% true, as we saw uh, with the uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Never have, they can never have too many good offensive linemen. Uh, I'm sorry. They may have overcorrected there, <laughs> which I'd rather have them overcorrect yeah. than not correct yeah. at all. And then uh, on number 17 on the defensive side of the ball, Ozzie Hoffler, uh, he had a great play in the pass rush on, uh, that was number 74. Uh, I know we talked about who this was before, but I forgot already. Oh, it was uh, Austin Weiner. Uh, he's, I'm not too worried about Austin Weiner. He's only a true freshman, and he's nowhere near where he's going to end up at uh, size-wise. He's only at 250 pounds, or two, he's only 240 on the um, updated roster on K-State's website. Like, so he's got a ways to go. But Ozzy Hoffler, a true freshman, uh, he just absolutely blew him up and got right past him, and uh, he looked really good, uh, Ozzy Hoffler. So uh, hopefully we can get his younger brother to come here too, AJ Hoffler. AJ Hoffler. Yeah, yeah, Hoffler's a 2023 recruit. He's a four-star. Guys, so hopefully uh, Ozzy has some sway over his uh, younger sibling there. Yeah, we're just going to have uh, three four-star commits to, to K-State in Avery Johnson, Dylan Edwards, and A.J. Hoffman. I mean, I would, I'd be totally fine with that. Can we get Jaden Ham as well? And then uh, Jaden Bender, just the Jadens of Eudora. Yeah. Yeah, can we get them? Uh, then I have uh, Max Marsh. He looked good. Uh, BB and Revis did not get beat once uh, by our eyes um, in the pass rush drills. Uh, then we have Ty Zentner was the only one getting punting reps. Mm. Uh, granted, the special teams part was mainly special teams coverage yeah. and stuff like that. So there wasn't a lot of punting going on. They were doing this weird drill with the returners where, like, right when they 
were about to catch the ball, they'd like throw a hula hoop at them. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I guess it's just they want them to focus. Because I remember back in 2019 when Climbing first got here, it took us a while to figure out returning because part returning, we just had a lot of guys just muffing punts mm-hmm. all the time. So I guess they're uh, just making sure that people are focusing on the ball and getting the ball and having maybe uh, uh, the uh, return team uh, telling them uh, if somebody's coming yeah. just into fair catch, which is how you should probably be doing it anyways. Because yeah. if you're looking at who's coming, you're not looking at the ball. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I have uh, Kleiman. He said that they only get 25 practices before week one, and then we can get into uh, the speakers that they chose. Yeah, we'll, we'll hop around to the end on the, the speakers here on the outline. So there were there were two speakers that were chosen to speak alongside Chris Kleiman. One surprise and one not surprise. The first one, and literally the first person to speak, was, was someone that you and I both said, okay. Huh? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a weird choice because he said he's a defensive, because Kleiman first introduced him as a defensive player, and we were like, oh yeah, Jerome, Mc, McPherson. Jerome McPherson. No, Ryan Hennington. No, Ryan Hennington. I was like, huh, that's, that's, it, that's I mean, that's fine, but I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's just kind of left field. I figured he would choose the captains of the team. I figured it was going to be Jerron and Skyler or Jerron and Deuce or something like that. One of those guesses was correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Deuce was the other guy, obviously. Like, like Deuce, Deuce is Deuce, and so Deuce can like, rock a mic really, really well. Yeah, Deuce, he knows what to say. Uh, he he knows exactly uh, what strings to pull with the fan base. Like he like he's a a great representative of uh, KSA football. Yeah, and just things that that I remembered. It was mostly from a defensive standpoint. Something I noticed that we were doing was we would play. I guess you could call it too high, even though calling it high would be an exaggeration because of how close the safeties tended to play. They were within normally 10 or 12 yards of the line of scrimmage, at least from the side I was watching. And another thing that I noticed that might be very important was they almost always on def- on defense had a safety capped over the slot receiver alongside the nickel, which on one hand sounds kind of strange whenever you think about it, but then you realize that Klenderman really likes blitzing slot corners. So it got to a point last year where every time we would roll out of like a slot corner look or capped a safety over it, it was pretty obvious, okay, the slot corner is, is coming on the blitz. So now we just kind of put a safety over it anyway, even when there is no blitz on, which is a great bit of defensive scheming. But... I will notice that I did notice that whenever there was motion on the offensive side, it was pretty clear that, and it could be they just didn't want to waste the disguises on a practice that was an open practice that anyone could come watch. But they would roll from what they would typically do to what they were actually going to do, which was typically a single high look. And that was really bad with motions. That would basically reveal it every single time. Which, granted, they were playing a lot of man coverage from what I saw, or match three, which is basically cover three, but if anyone crosses your face, it becomes man coverage. That's a disgusting oversimplification, but we'll rock with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how you get uh, linebackers on Devontae Smith in the national championship, by the way. Uh. <laughs> so it doesn't always work. But I also noticed that we were doing a lot of, of trips and bunch sets to one side, which was something that I wasn't necessarily expecting to see a whole lot of, but something that I was 100% fine with seeing on the offensive side of the ball. And if I were to give you a quarterback depth chart just right now, from what I saw, it would probably 
the top two are obvious, Skyler and Will Howard. And then for number three, I think Rubley is just the tiniest bit better than Jaron Lewis right now, just based off of what I saw. Because Jaron Lewis, while he's not bad, like I, I wouldn't be terrified if he got into a game. There was a couple of things that Rubley did while standing in the pocket, like manipulating it and stepping up, that I feel like he just did infinitely better than Lewis. Though I will give, I'd say they're about equal in arm talent, but Jaron Lewis at this point of his career is the tiniest bit more accurate. But that just comes with time. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I noticed, which was basically start with two slash zero high. We're capping the slot receiver. There's a lot of trip sets and motions. Right. Um, I guess we pretty much already went through a lot of the surprise players, but we can roll through them again. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just to quickly. yeah, just to get the the solid list. And uh, the first guy that we listed was uh, DJ Giddens. Uh, the running back out of Junction City, number 31. Uh, he, I definitely didn't expect him to look as good as he did uh, this early because he was a late addition to the class and he already is looking like he's been here for a while. Yeah. So it was, it was nice seeing him. AJ Moss, the defensive back number 26 that blew up that screen pass. He would have made that lit, this list just based off of that play alone, but he didn't look horrible during going up against the twos which he probably will i'm not sure if he's someone that makes the two deep but he's someone that optimistically looks like a pretty good slot option for the future mostly yep. because he played with pretty decent instincts throughout the entire entire yep. period yeah if we can find our uh, future nickel guy uh that's good enough to start through a walk-on then like more power to him because uh that was uh, one of our biggest concerns in this offseason was nickel but that seems to have uh I've gotten a little bit more secure yeah. uh, after today. Uh, next guy we have is Will Howard, uh, quarterback. And he just looked miles better than he did at any point last year. Yeah, like there was there was a lot of talks about, well, this is coach speak. They're just trying to get his confidence. No. That's, no. <laughs> no, that is not coach speak. He looked, he looked legit. Uh, that was the most comfortable I've ever seen him uh, by far because he – he never quite looked comfortable enough uh, during games, with the exception of maybe like the KU game, but that was only uh, because the special teams, yeah, the special teams and the defense were just really holding up their end of the bargain. It wasn't like he had an unbelievable game; he had like a pretty good game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Howard. He yeah he he looked literally legit. That's almost all I can say. He had pinpoint accuracy, probably at least on three quarters of his throws. He really only had like one or two like poor throws. I would say one of them was just a bad read. The other one was like a bit of an underthrow. Mm -hmm. But he, more often than not, was right on the money with his throws. And that was so encouraging to see, especially through tight windows. He he knew what he was doing. He was reading the defenses a lot better. Uh, he, he just looked better all around. Yeah, and it doesn't look like he needs a confidence boost because the throws that he was making were not no. were not throws yeah. for the faint of heart. Yeah, they were not gimmies, like, at all. Like, uh, he, he was making daunting throws at times, like, like ones that last year probably honestly would have been picked. Like yeah. like he probably would have uh, missed by a little bit, like overthrown, underthrown. But he was getting guys exactly where he needed to hit him. Like it's clear this offseason did wonders for him. Yeah. Next up is defensive end Felix and DK, which is someone that you and I have heard a lot of optimism surrounding. So it was really good to to see him line up and play as well as he did, especially wrap that play where he wrapped up Deuce. But from what I saw, he was pretty consistently decent going up against the our our um our tackles yeah it looked like he was rotating with boom 
uh, Massey a lot. I assume Boom's probably going to be getting the starting spot, but it's going to be kind of... I think we talked about this a little bit. It'll it's going like, to be big rotation. Yeah, it'll be like the Trotter-Deuce situation last year where Trotter was like technically the starter for like five games, but uh, they were really just rotating. It was 1A, 1B. Uh, but Boom's that Boom still looked good. Like Boom looked good, but Felix, he, he looked really nice. And yeah, we've been... Uh, I've been hearing from uh, multiple sources uh, that he that Felix is the real deal, and he is going to be an absolute monster for the K State defensive line. And uh, today was uh, the beginning of that truth. He wasn't like the standout on the field today, but he he was a guy that raised eyebrows. Yeah. And then another surprise, which we probably shouldn't have been surprised about, but it was also really nice to see, was Jacardier Wright especially coming off of the praise that he got from the press conference, but that, that that wasn't like a true surprise. Someone that you were really impressed with is Amaris Brown, number three. Yeah, Amaris Brown, uh, he had one of the best defensive plays of the day. Uh, he had that incredible pass breakup on uh, Malik Knowles uh, way downfield. It was on a go route, and he was just able to get his hand in there and uh, knock the ball out uh, before he was able to secure the catch. And he was running with the ones. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was uh, running with the ones. He was rotating uh, um, at the one spot, I think, with uh, maybe Sincere Mason. Uh, I couldn't quite tell who that was. I think it was number nine defensively. That would have been Sincere. Yep, Sincere Mason. It looked like he was rotating with him. And uh, uh, he he looked pretty good. Um, it looks like he'll be moving from safety to nickel, at least temporarily, if nothing else. But he looked pretty comfortable there, I would say. Yeah. And then another person that, that we saw was Ozzie Hoffler, who we mentioned during our period. And then Xavier Lloyd, who I mentioned literally just for that one freakishly good catch. Yeah. So all in all, the, the takeaways from the practice was I left feeling pretty good about... I, I would not say that there is any player that truly disappointed me from what I saw. Yeah, I would agree with that. There wasn't anybody that I was hoping would be good and was like noticeably bad. Everybody that I wanted to be good was good. And then some people still surprised me, like uh, like the walk-ons and Amaris Brown and uh, Giddens. Uh, and, and then the guys I expected to be good, like Howard and NUDK, uh, they, they were good. Skyler was good. Everybody that I wanted to be good was good. Uh, there wasn't anyone that I was just overly disappointed with at this practice. Granted, it's only 45 minutes of a practice where they're not going to show a lot because they they know people are going to record it and make things like this. So they don't want to show all of their, like... Everything. Yeah, they're they're going to run a pretty conservative playbook for those 45 minutes. Yeah. They aren't busting out trick plays that no one on earth has seen during this practice. Yeah, yeah they're, they're running a pretty standard playbook of plays that pretty much any team would run. Uh, like, pass routes and uh, stuff that anybody would run. Uh, yeah. But but it... They looked pretty good. I was... Um, do you have a, this is on the outline, but would you, who would you give the MVP of this? Well, uh, oh, absolutely. That was, that was my pick as well. Uh, I, I, not even just offensive MVP, uh, no, MVP, MVP overall. the entire practice. Yeah. I think there were a lot of times he looked better than Skyler. I, yeah, that's. Which is reactionary. That's a little reactionary, but I, you're not far off on that, honestly. Like Skyler, uh, he probably had more inaccurate passes than Howard did. Yeah, but Skyler is still definitely QB1. Yeah, he definitely was more mobile. Uh, I think he looked a little more comfortable in the pocket. He was better at stepping up and maneuvering in the pocket a little bit, I would say. Howard wasn't bad at that. Mm -mm. But Skyler just clearly had more experience and uh, 
was just very comfortable in this role. So this is Skyler's team. Like it's not like Howard's gonna like sweep in and uh, this is take his this team job. now. No, no, yeah, like that. Like, however, next year, when I'm assuming Howard will probably end up winning the recruiting battle in the offseason pending a grad transfer or uh, some, uh, like, an unbelievable uh, surge by Lewis or Rubley, Howard's probably going to be the starting quarterback in uh, 2022. And I am not, I'm not really as scared about that anymore. I, I was a little worried about that in the past, but... I've been getting more and more comfortable with the idea, and I feel I feel maybe overly confident. Maybe I shouldn't be so confident as I am right now. <laughs> optimism is a dangerous thing. Yeah, case yes, optim- optimism is very dangerous. But Howard looked impressive. Yeah, and that's always been my take from the very beginning was that Howard was going to win the starting job from Rubley. Yeah, I, I think at this point the starting job for next year is Will Howard's to lose, and I from what I saw today, he's not letting go. Yeah, I don't imagine he's going to be letting that go. I'm really hoping that we can just blow out Stanford so Howard can play for a little while, unless they have like some red zone packages for him. Cause they've kind of hinted at that in okay. uh, press conferences of uh, Messingham uh, and Kleiman have said that Howard has looked so good that they want to institute red zone packages. And at the time I was like, what? That's weird. But now I'm kind of like, that's still weird, but I'm less mad about it. The Will Howitzer package. Yeah. The Will, the William Howitzer package. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So that, that pretty well ends what we wanted to say about the practice. So now let's move into the the intro the outroductory bit, I should say. The outroductory. Outroductory is not a word. Well, it is now. It is now. I've made it a word. If you want, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Both of us really appreciate it. If you want to support us in any way financially, the link to do so is in the description of the main podcast at the home. But like I said, more importantly is thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, we are Aggieville A Cats, capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us to talk about questions, comments, or concerns, AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. And our DMs are also open on our Twitter account. We will have a merch store coming up soon, trademark, and there will be a limited edition t-shirt with our original logo before we finally make the switch to our new logo, which will also be coming soon, trademark. Yeah, should be in the next month. Yes, within the next month. And if you want to follow us on a more personal note, as in each one of us individually, I am at ACEdwards00 on Twitter, and... I'm I'm Connor Balthazor, uh, capital C, capital B. Yep. And thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Aggieville Alley Cats, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we'll be here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. See you later, Alley Cats.